Welcome to the Be Loud About What Matters podcast. I'm Olivia, your host. On this podcast, I will be bringing light to topics that are important but not discussed enough within our society. Episodes will include a range of topics, starting with the journey to conceive, pregnancy, birth, postpartum and motherhood, holistic healing and nutrition, and the importance of true informed consent and medical freedom. The goal of this podcast is to create connections, share stories, information, and resources to educate and empower people in their own personal journey. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Be Loud About What Matters podcast. Tonight, I have someone who I've wanted to have on for a long time, and he is here with us tonight. His name is Jordan Candelish. We connected on Instagram. I found his profile and was just very moved by what he was sharing because, as you all know, I'm a mom and I've been going through my own healing journey since becoming a mother, and Jordan focuses on working with men and working through their own trauma and healing and emotional journeys. So, Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on here, Olivia, and pumped to pumped to be diving in with you. It's, yeah. a, it's a topic that really does uh, align with my passion, so honored to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so would you mind sharing with everyone a little bit about you? For sure. Yeah, uh, I'm, from, I'm from Western Australia. I grew up in Perth, and I have a background in business, so I studied accounting and finance at university. I worked as an accountant for almost two years. And yeah, I realized that it was just not my soul's path. I was, I was on the wrong trajectory. And that really came from me not really knowing myself. It was me okay. just following uh, what I was told by my parents and my teachers and trying to fit in with everyone. And it was, yeah, when I was 22, I had this, this existential crisis where I was like what, is, like, what is my purpose in life? What am I here to do? Because I know it's more than this. And it really set me on a path of really discovering myself. And then throughout that period, I was just, trying to share what I was learning with everyone else. And that's when I started making content and really fell in love with the, with, with the documentation of my own inner growth. And over the last kind of seven years, my, my brand has evolved and I've now, you know, obviously since left accounting and now find myself working with men, coaching men, uh, helping men kind of embody more confidence and presence and, um, yeah, belief within themselves through, through trauma work, through releasing suppressed emotions. I do work with women as well, but at the moment, I mainly focus on men. Yeah. And like I was saying before we hopped on to record, I feel like it's more common for women to talk about their emotions and talk about their feelings, despite growing up in a society where we were also told to express, or excuse me, suppress our emotions and not talk about things. But it's even more amplified for men. And so women, I feel like, feel more comfortable, whereas men, it takes some time to really do that digging and allow them to feel comfortable sharing their feelings or being emotional. And I think that's the missing piece in so many relationships is that people are walking around having no idea who they are, just doing everything to people please people and not actually doing things for themselves or aligning with who they really want to be. And so I'm so thankful that you're doing this work because we need it. <laughs> mm, yeah, for sure. I, I, I recognize that as well. You know, men sometimes can feel quite alone, especially in the early stages of their personal development journey. And men tend to like bottle things up, whereas women are great at just talking with their friends and expressing their emotions and, and, and processing things in that way. But for men, it's a little bit more difficult. So I feel like it's it's so important to have you know communities or opportunities or programs for men to just open up to this work. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's just kind of, it's, it's my, my path right now. It lights me up. Yeah. And I mean, it's so nice to see that too, because, and I didn't say this to you before, but I meant to, I feel like all of the men that I've spoken to 
who are from Australia are like very conscious and very aware of themselves more so than people in the U.S. And I don't know if, mm. what it's like in other countries, but it's just been fascinating to me to see that. Yeah, well, maybe you're just meeting the right men. Maybe you're just <laughs> attracting the right men into your life. Um, because I, I, there's definitely still a lot of a lot of men in Australia that have got some work to do. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 growing. It, the consciousness is expanding. I can I can see it. Yeah. It's happening. Uh, I definitely feel there are some countries leading the way more than others. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you're I'm glad your experience of Aussie men has been good so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about your own personal healing journey, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. I know you said that you went from being in one career to realizing that that was just not right for you. How did you, like, what was the shift for you? What made you stop and realize that you weren't living in alignment with who you are and made you realize that there was some, some work to do? Mm. When, when I went on the surface, I looked at my life and when other people looked at my life on the surface, I had achieved all the things, you know, ticked all the boxes, a typical overachiever. I was playing semi-professional soccer, working at the world's best accounting firm, had a great group of friends. You know, I had all the things that were, you would think, cool, this guy's on the right path. He's, he's successful, whatever, you know, you want to create whatever meaning you, you put around success. Right. But on the inside, I felt really insecure. I felt... I lacked a lot of confidence. I lacked a lot of belief in myself and I was a really shy kid. Mm. And it wasn't until I started my accounting job where I realized that I want to travel. I want to like live life to the fullest. I don't want to be behind a desk doing accounting and tax work from nine to five. And there was this gap between like this life that I was living and this life that I I knew was true to me. Right. And to to bridge that gap, I had to face a lot of those deep fears those yeah. deep traumas those shame wounds from my past that were getting in the way of me unlocking that fullest expression to have the courage to go after the life that i really wanted so bridging that gap you know that was where the work really began for me you know going into deep into yoga yoga was such a big part of my life for a long period of time it still is and then meditation really going deep within myself through meditation so I, I took kind of the, the monastic route initially mm-hmm. doing the, all the work the inner practices and then later on in my journey you know going into things like plant medicine work and, and doing the retreats and things like that has taken taken me a lot deeper but yeah just eventually I started to gather the courage through just realizing that it's okay for people to not approve of what I was doing it's okay for people to judge me right. that was my biggest fear like of just being seen and people judging me for what I was doing that was, that was my biggest fear for so long so yeah, once I realized that, that behind the fear was everything that I wanted, uh, I just kind of like went in pursuit of that. Yeah. And I, I love, thank you for sharing your story and opening up for everyone to hear. I feel like that's what it is for a lot of people is fear of rejection, fear of not being loved by their family for doing something different, fear of not being liked, just fear of judgment, fear of anything. But once we realize if you don't go after what you want, you're never you're never going to get there. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because those people are not you. Like it's it's your life. And so that's the thing that I find fascinating is that we have these generational parenting patterns and just patterns that we see with people who are our age, people older than us where they feel like they just have to follow in line with whatever their parents tell them to do instead mm-hmm. of parents giving them the opportunity to explore what really sets their souls on fire and what makes them excited and doing things differently. And I say it all the time, I don't understand like why 
would everybody want to do the same exact thing? It's so, it would be so boring if we all did the yeah. same thing. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's nice to hear that other people are pushing past that fear that are working through those self-limiting beliefs, working through that trauma, working through anything that you've faced in your life to get to the point where you're like, you're feeling happy with what you're doing because you know, it's aligning with who you are and what you want to do and what you're, what you feel like your purpose is. Big time. Yeah. I, I mean that, what you just said really landed for me when I was commuting to my corporate job every morning, getting mm -hmm. up, getting the train, getting on the train. Like you look like everyone else, you're in a suit, everyone crams into the train. No one looks happy. Right. And you just kind of like go about this life, this, this, this kind of monotonous life that everyone just kind of buys into. And the whole time I'm standing around, I'm like, nah, this ain't it. This ain't it. This, this isn't me. This, there's got to be another way. Right. And it's just, and there is another way, you know, there is, like, you don't have to buy into that, that, that old system, you know, you don't have to keep like popping those blue pills and stay hooked into the matrix thinking that that's what you have to do to, to live, a, to live a successful life. I, I think it just takes a bit of courage to step, step away from that. Um, but once yeah. you do it, it's, there's no looking back. To step away from that and figure out how mm. to make it happen. I think that's, yeah. the, that's the other piece is that people are like, well, I want to do this, but I don't know how. But you got to mm -hmm. figure it out if you really want to do it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. The, the how takes care of itself once you know why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, and I mean, I know that the other piece, like another piece, there's so many layers. I say that all the time. Um, is that is like the money portion. Like, how am I going to make money doing what I love and that sort of thing. And I think that if we really step back and look at it, there are people who are in these corporate jobs working crazy amounts of hours, not seeing their friends, not seeing their families. And is that really worth it compared to doing something that you love and still having time to see the people that you love and do the things that you enjoy instead of being gone 80 hours a week and paying for a house yeah. that you're never home? And so I think that it's just people really need to step back and look at the big picture outside of working through the healing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And most of the time it's people sacrifice either their health, their relationships or something so that they can progress in their career so that they mm -hmm. can make money. Mm -hmm. And the minute you're sacrificing something, it's not, to me, it's you're out of alignment. You know, for me, I'm like, my health always not is number one priority. My relationships are number one priority. And then work comes after that. But if your work is something that you love to do, then it can all be intertwined. You know, right. your work can support your health, your work supports your relationships. And when you're working in a corporate job or you're doing something just to pay the bills, you, you, you're sacrificing. So yeah. yeah, it takes courage, but you get to decide what, what are those core values that you want to uphold and, and, and be really stick to them, you know, in, in a powerful way. Yeah. And then I feel like that's also just like a, it's like a cascade effect in how you show up. If you go from like what you were talking about, working in a typical nine to five job, going and not being happy and realizing that you don't want to do that, but staying there because you're afraid, then that's going to in turn impact your relationships and impact your health and impact everything. And mm. I think a lot of the time that people don't realize how much your job impacts you and how you show up. Mm -hmm. And it can be it can be serious. You know, like just missing out on life or day-to-day -day things or just your overall health and well-being. 100%. Yeah, 100%. You get to choose where you spend 80% of your life. 70% of your life is done at your work. So you get to choose it wisely. But if you don't know yourself, 
then you're not going to know what sets your soul on fire. You're not going to know what your, your passions are. So right. you have to do the inner, inner work to, to figure out what that is. Right. Otherwise, you're just, you're just following someone else's kind of like roadmap for, for, for what success is, you know? Yeah, you're not making your own path. You're just following the one that everybody else has done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if someone is looking, if someone's feeling stuck and they're looking to begin their, their healing journey, are there any specific things that you would say are like a good way to start doing that, to start their own healing journey? Do you have any like specific things that they could start doing just to kind of explore how they're feeling or where they're feeling misaligned and go from there? Yeah. Well, the healing journey really begins through feeling. Right. So I would look at where in your life are you avoiding feeling? Where are you distracting? Where are you numbing? Or where are you kind of like suppressing feelings and emotions? Mm -hmm. We all have our things, right? Everyone has their vices, high-level coping, adaptive, maladaptive, you look at the, the habits that you have in your life and, and think, are they serving me? Are these habits giving me energy? Are they bringing me closer to myself or further away? Right. You know, if you're drinking alcohol during the week, if you're smoking, if you're binging Netflix, if you're scrolling social media mindlessly, if you're eating the wrong foods, all of these behaviors are coping mechanisms. There's something down there that you don't want to be with, that you don't want to feel. Right. You're afraid of something. So I would look at that because you start on the surface. Behavior is the surface level. Your behavior is a reflection of some sort of story that you're telling yourself. Behind that story is an emotion. Right? And it, the minute you can go a bit deeper and you can be with the emotion, you realize that it's coming from the past. Mm-hmm. That emotion is something that you've been holding onto for a long period of time. And when you have the courage to go in there and be with that and hold space for yourself, and I would say, if it is a heavy, something heavy, I wouldn't do it on your own. I would say get support mm. from a coach, a therapist, a psychologist, whatever. But the minute you can go in there and, and let go of that and through feeling it, you realize what's on, the, what's on the other side of it is a more authentic version of you. There's more clarity, especially for men. Clarity is the thing. Once you have more clarity around, hmm, this is my purpose. This is what I'm here to do. This is, this is what I want to express. This is what I want to communicate. This is what I need. As soon as you start to have, have internal clarity, you can start to like realign everything in your life to reflect yeah. that. And it has to come from you you being disciplined with yourself. You've been committed to not allowing things and people to compromise you and your energetic standard that you set. So I know that's a long-winded answer, but it really does <laughs> no, it start works. with Yeah, it starts with the habits that aren't serving you. Yeah. What's underneath that? Yeah, looking at looking underneath. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that people don't realize what they're doing as a coping mechanism. I know I didn't. Like you said, like sitting and scrolling on social media or binging on Netflix, and then you're sitting there and hours go by and you realize you could have been doing something so much more productive with your time. Mm -hmm. And I think that having conversations that acknowledge, hey, this is like an attachment fix. Like you are doing this because you don't want to feel your feelings or there's something under there that you're afraid to feel or you don't feel ready to feel. And I agree with you wholeheartedly that if there is some deep-seated emotional trauma that you have to work through, I would absolutely do it with someone else to help you process it. And I think just talking about the fact that there are coaches that can help you do that is important too. Because I've found that for me personally, I grew up going to therapy and I never liked it because I didn't really feel like it actually helped in any way. I felt like Mm -hmm. they were just talking and not really listening and not giving you any specific things that 
tangible things that you could take home and you could do yourself. But then I started working with a coach and it was like night and day, just complete opposite, like actually processing how I was feeling, working through things. And so knowing that that, the, like the standard care, like therapy versus working with a coach is completely different. It's like, we need to have those conversations. Big time. Yeah. And I, I hear that a lot with people going to see therapists that it does, they don't get the results that they're looking for it's because therapy is often like focusing on just the past. And if you just like ruminate in the stories and thinking about the past without actually getting into the body, feeling through those emotions in the past, and you just recycle, you're just recycling the same feelings because right. you're just living in a story. So yeah, that's where practices and, and, and embodiment practices come in, learning how to really somatically feel what what's, what's down there because that's where all the magic is in the body. Yeah. And the other piece too is that people don't realize that the trauma that you hold on to can show up physically in so many ways within your body. And it's different for everybody, like, but men compared to women, it can show up in different ways. If you're suppressing things your entire life and you have all of this trauma in your body that you've never released in any way, it's going to impact you. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and we were talking about healing and the ability to heal. And if you're doing all the right things, whether it's exercising, meditating, eating well, all of the things, journaling, but if you're not actually processing things that have happened to you, you're still going to deal with issues. Mm. And that's why I think when it comes to therapy, it's just the way that they were trained in school is not necessarily helpful to everybody. Yeah, definitely. That's why like when you, the minute you're ready to do this work, you tend to find the right person to support you. Mm. The right person tends to show up, whether that's someone you see on social media, someone's energy just like pulls you towards them. Just trust that. that that's really all I've done on this process. I've never gone looking for like a yeah. therapist. So it's just someone showed up in my life and I go, hmm, something that you're doing that, that you figured something out. I need, to, I need to do that. I need to learn <laughs> what you've understood. And I've just worked with those people, you know? So I think your intuition is, is always trying to pull you to the, the teachers or the, the coaches that, that you need. Oh, I, whole stage you're in. I wholeheartedly mm. agree. I feel like as soon as you decide to begin your healing journey or you just started it, people start showing up in your life and they're there for a yes. reason. 100%. 100%. Yeah. When the student's ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So could you chat a little bit about why it's so important to heal as how that impacts your parenting, how it shows up in your parenting, and then we can talk a little bit how that shows up in your relationships. For sure. And even though I don't have kids yet, I have like done enough work to understand and work with enough parents to understand that your, your kids are just absorbing everything that you're putting out mm -hmm. and and from from a certain age i think it's from ages zero to three energetically the child is absorbing the predominant frequency the predominant emotions that you're holding on to yeah so if you're not doing your inner work and you're holding on to shame or anxiety or anger your child is going to absorb that emotion those emotions in their emotional body mm -hmm. and they will start to surface later on in their life when their their mind or their brain starts to form a personality so those, those trauma cycles will start to repeat themselves for the child and they form a belief system around these emotional wounds that they pick up from their parents. Mm -hmm. So the, the best thing you can do as a parent 
is to do the work on yourself, to be as present as you can, to be as a clear vessel as you can around your child so that when they do something, you don't react. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not reacting from this like wounded place. You can hold space for them. You can love them unconditionally because that's the part of being a child is they're going to like have tantrums and they get upset. They're going to go through all these wide range of emotions. And if, and if you're there validating all of it, saying, Hey, it's safe. I got you. It's all mm-hmm. good. I know, you, I know you're hurting right now, but I'm here. The child can then feel regulated in its nervous system. The child has a secure attachment. It can start to allow itself to, to just self-regulate. And, and what that allows is more, more freedom of expression. You know, right. a, a child gets to grow up feeling safe in its, in its emotions. And right. so many of us, grew up as kids not feeling safe in our expression so right. we suppressed everything we held everything in so i believe there's a new new world being born a new level of consciousness being born and it's coming from parents who are now deciding that this trauma that i got that got passed down to us from our parents is no longer going to be passed down it ends here yes so i'm i'm, I'm really pumped i'm pumped for like more kids to come to this world pure pure vessels and and what comes through then is just more gifts, more, more like just higher levels of energy and, and clarity for, for this new new world that's being born. So Yeah, and yeah. I find it fascinating, and I'm so glad you talked about them being able to regulate their bodies because in the past, people have said, oh, well, babies are able to self-soothe and they can learn to regulate and all these things, and it's just not true. Like, they need us to help mm-hmm. them regulate their bodies whether it's their emotions and when they're infants, their body temperatures, there's so many different things, their heart rate, all of these things. And then as they become toddlers, I find it fascinating that when they don't, when they have needs that are not met, that's when they act out or they misbehave as some people say. And in reality, they just want connection with you. That's what them acting out is. And so the other part of that is that as parents, if you have an unmet need, you may react in a way that is essentially acting out also because you have something going on. So Mm -hmm. it's like this cycle, but we can choose to break it, which I think is the beautiful part of it is that we can see how we may have reacted in the past or are currently reacting in that moment. And we can stop and acknowledge how we're feeling and also acknowledge that how we're feeling has nothing to do with how our child's behaving. That's not on them. They're not responsible for that. And I mm-hmm. think that that concept is really difficult for older generations to understand or accept. Yeah, most definitely. Um, which is why, like, if, if a parent chooses to step into this work a little bit later, it can be a lot more challenging because you've got less time. You've got less energy, less energy available to give yourself what you need because you've got a child that also needs needs you mm-hmm. so the earlier you start in this work the better the easier anyway true mm-hmm. and then also too like you were saying your kids are picking up on all of the energy that you're projecting so there's often times where if you really just need a break your kids will need you a thousand times more because they can feel <laughs> that which yeah. doesn't make it easy but if you can if you can help them regulate that also helps you regulate as well if you can slow down and sit with them and just like practice breathing together or take a walk or whatever it is, it can help everybody. Most definitely, 100%. Yeah, so I wanted to kind of take a deep dive into the importance of healing when it comes to our relationships because I've spent a lot of time reading numerous books based on how 
how we were raised and how we were responded to, how that shapes like our attachment types and how we show up in relationships, how we show up for ourselves. So I kind of just wanted to talk about that a little bit and get your thoughts on that and like what you've seen with clients that you've worked with and how they've worked through that to kind of like show up better for themselves and better for their partners. Mm. Well, what I've realized is firstly, you have to want to show up firstly for yourself. If you're showing up for someone else, uh, uh, then it it often doesn't work. Like Mm -hmm. if you're you're trying to be better for your girlfriend or your wife so that the relationship can work and you're not actually doing it from from your own inner truth to try to be the best person you can be, then it it just doesn't work. You're not able to sustain it. So the individual has to firstly decide that they want to show up for themselves. Right. And then there's a decision that's made in, in the relationship that you want to show up better in the relationship. So uh, what I've noticed for a lot of people, it's learning how to meet your own needs, learning how to recognize that you have an inner child that's down there that needs certain things. It needs you to connect with it. It needs you to spend quality time with it. Mm-hmm. So as men, we got to have time alone. you got to have time in solitude. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if you don't have that, you start to project out resentment towards the people around you because your inner child's yelling at you saying, hey, I need some... I need some time. I need it to be acknowledged. I need to be reassured mm-hmm. that it's okay. I need to be reassured that I am worthy. They don't have to prove anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. So for men, that's that's the key. Like you have to really get to know yourself and know how to validate yourself, so that when you show up in your relationship, you can be there as that is that present space, that loving space for your partner to open up around you. And what actually happens is then is when that's not there, the female or the, the, the female in the relationship tends to close off, mm-hmm. tends to turn into, uh, you know, the the mother that the man used to have growing up. Mm-hmm. And there's this, there's this really, you know, challenging dynamic that starts when, when that happens. So I would say the individual has to learn how to meet their own needs. Uh, yeah. Then you can come into the relationship with clearer communication. Yeah. Once you've like internally processed your own shit, you can show up and speak with more clarity yeah. around, hey, this is what I need from you, or this is this, this is really uh, upsets me when you behave like this. Uh, I'm wondering if you can start to express this in this way. Like to have those kind of conversations in a relationship is essential instead of just projecting, reacting, and then yeah, perpetuating whatever whatever the problem is. Yeah, and I think it's important that you say like people have to love themselves first. You can't you can't go love somebody else if you don't love yourself. Because you're, then you're putting all your time and effort into loving them and you're not taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I actually wanted to ask because I've noticed that in our society, it's quick. They're like our society is quick to label women who have daddy issues. But we don't really talk about the mother wound that men have and why parenting and healing is so important for that. Because in reading the books that I've read, I now better understand so many of the men in my life based on how they were raised. And that's fascinating to me. Like there's just no discussion about it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Because the mother mother wound is your relationship to the feminine. And if your mother wasn't able to validate you emotionally, then you most likely have a resistance to feeling you, right. you know, you, you're not able to hold your internal feminine your internal woman which is the your emotional experience mm-hmm. so for men who don't know how to feel who suppress and live majority up in their head 
they're, they're disconnected, they're, they're, they're disembodied. Mm-hmm. And any relationship they have with a female in their life is going to reflect that. Right. You know, so, and, and the females they attract are just going to keep triggering the same wounds that their mother did. Right. Because the inner child is still trying to process that, that, that pain from the mum not being able to be there to mm-hmm. hold space at, at really key moments in time. So I think your, your relationships are the, the best tool or the best way to grow because they're just the perfect mirrors, mirroring any childhood stuff that you might still be holding on to. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think like what you said, for men and women, if there's a void in your life that was not met during your childhood, you look for that in relationships and you look for whoever you're with to fill that void and they can't do that. Like they can't go back in time and fill that for you. So I think that acknowledging that is so important and figuring out, like communicating that. Like this is what I feel like I need. I didn't get this. Like let's figure out ways where we can talk through this and we can support one another. And yeah, I just feel like communication and really just feeling your feelings is so key and we live in a society where I do think you're right that there's definitely more of like an awakening and people are more conscious and there's more conversations around it. And it's so beautiful to see. But I think that's why conversations like the ones you and I are having are so important is because we need more of 100%. them. 100%. Yep. Big time. Yeah. And the more the more people start to hear that there, there is another way. You don't have to stay stuck in the same painful cycles, the same trauma bonds. Right. You can break out of it. And it's very simple. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily easy, but it's very simple. It just requires some courage and some commitment. Yeah. And have you seen, for example, say one of the men that you've coached and you've worked with who really starts their own healing journey for themselves, and then you see the positive impact that it has on their partner or their wife or their children, do you feel like you ever see it positively impact their parents as well? Like, has oh, anybody ever sure. said that to you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, because because the minute you start working on yourself and you're, you're impacting the, the closest people to you in your life through just your energy alone. As soon as your energy, energy starts to shift and vibration starts to rise, you start to people start to feel seen around you mm-hmm. even without you realizing it. So your parents may start to open in ways that you haven't seen them open before because now vibrationally they're feel, feeling seen in a way they haven't before. Yeah. So just by being present around your parents and not projecting your old conditioning and your old wounding, you'll find that, you know, it's like Wayne Dyer's quote, when you, when you change the way that you look at things, things that look the things looking at you start to change mm-hmm. so that's what starts to happen when you look at your parents is like they just did their best they could mm-hmm. you know they're flawed human beings like everyone else and right. just having compassion for where they're at in their life and loving them for where they're at in their journey without expecting them to being something or resenting them for any reason mm-hmm. they start to change <laughs> you start to have a better relationship with them and i've noticed that happened with my my parents and yeah lots of clients that i work with as well yeah i'd love to hear more of your thoughts on loving people where they are and expectations because Mm. I think that that's where there's a lot of hurt and upset feelings that occur in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it takes, it takes a lot of acceptance or it takes a lot of love for yourself to accept fully where someone's at in their Mm. journey without expecting them to be somewhere else. Because if you love yourself wholly and unconditionally, you don't, you shouldn't really need 
someone to to be somewhere else in their journey you just get to see where they're at as like okay this is this is perfect and this is exactly what i need right now Mm -hmm. and you can invite them to step forward in a certain way in the relationship to to support you on the path that they're going that you're going Mm -hmm. and if they're willing and they're up for that task and you're meant to grow together and they do and the relationship will work right but if they're not then you'll go okay maybe this isn't a good fit this relationship's not a good fit and i'm I'm gonna accept and love that yeah that person so i think it it all comes down to to you the the relationship you have with yourself is really defining the relationship you have with everyone else in your life yeah yeah and i think there's just there's so many unrealistic expectations for people of every age in our society that people just have ingrained in their minds of what people should Mm -hmm. be doing, how people should be acting at certain ages. And it's just important to remember that everyone is different. Like it needs to be Mm -hmm. based on the individual person, not based on what your parents or your aunt or your uncle or whoever else thinks you should be doing. So I love that so much. Just being more accepting. And like, I think what it comes down to is that, in relationships, a lot of the time you see the other person blaming the other person, blaming and blaming and blaming, and then not taking responsibility for like how they're showing up. And I think that's where people constantly butt heads is because one person's blaming the other and the other person's blaming them. And you're like, okay, well, where can you meet in the middle? Yeah. And acknowledge yeah, where self, you <laughs> What'd you say? I'm sorry. Self-responsibility, self-responsibility is, is such a critical component of yeah. your inner process taking full ownership for everything that's coming up inside of you and not like blame oh, it's your fault that i feel like this like you're 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 making me feel like this no no, no it's your conditioning it's your past it's right. the shit that you're holding on to that's resulting in you feeling like this mm-hmm. this person just happens to be the mirror that is just shining this back at you mm-hmm. so you get to go oh okay this is me this is my shit oh the relationship's not working because i'm not working like own it like that's what i say to all the men that i coach like you gotta fucking take the lead and every aspect of your relationship it's up to you mm-hmm. lead lead that lead it and then the minute you own it guess what you get all your power back you're mm-hmm. in full power no one can take your power away from you as soon as you start blaming someone else you're a victim your power's gone yeah yeah and that's someone said to me i cannot remember who it was i don't know if it's a quote that i read but they said that in a situation where you are feeling triggered or you are avoiding something when it comes to relationships or you're super mad about something, it's because you are wearing armor for a war that's not happening anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true. Like we have these walls built up because we feel like we need to protect ourselves, especially if as children, we didn't feel safe to to explain how we were feeling or express our emotions in any way. And so I think that's where the piece of needing to have compassion and seeing people for where they are and talking about that is super important because they may not even realize that how they're responding is based on their past. hundred percent. Yep. Yep. The minute you can see that, it's like, okay, that's not you talking. (laughs) (laughs) That's not you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the other thing too that I find interesting is that when people are reacting in a certain way, they're reacting based on what happened to them in the past. So like it mm-hmm. could literally trigger, trigger like a physical reaction within your body that's not necessary, but it's if you haven't healed that, then that's how it's going to show up. Yeah. And when you're aware of it, you can start to notice, okay, I need to step away for a moment. Me yeah. engaging in conversation is not, not going to serve anyone right now. I need to just process this 
come back to a place of regulation, a place of center, a place of alignment, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Because nothing, nothing good ever happens when you're triggered, when you're mm-hmm. re- when you're reacting instead of responding. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Do you have any resources that really, really helped you when you started on your healing journey, or that you would recommend to people who are just starting theirs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I went. I, I read a lot of books, went deep into reading and learning. And I feel like there comes a time in your journey where you take in the information, mm-hmm. but then you apply it. You have to apply it and use it in your life. So, you know, the resources that helped me the most were, were definitely books to help me understand, you know, what is this, what is the ego, what is being present actually mean, mm-hmm. what does being present feel like? You know, what does it mean to have a connection with a, a higher energy, a higher source, your call it God, your spirit guides, the universe? What does it mean to establish that connection? Mm-hmm. And then how, what do you do in your life to, to, ma- to maintain that? Mm-hmm. What are your practices? What are your processes, your routines and rituals? So I would say go and learn from other people. Uh, you know, I, I used podcasting was my, my favorite way. I would listen to a lot of podcasts from, from people, like high-performing people to look at like, what are they doing? what are they doing in their life that allows them to, to to achieve at that level and then i tried lots of different things i tried lots of different routines to find mm-hmm. what works for me so at the end of the day i feel like someone always gets called to you, you get pulled to a certain book like i said before around certain teachers and coaches you get pulled to certain work for me the teachers were eckhart tolle i really got pulled to his work wayne dyer early on a lot of the spiritual stuff earlier on mm-hmm. then i started to go down a lot of the i guess the science and spirituality, a lot of Joe Dispenza's work, a lot of um, a lot of Tony Robbins's work. You know, going into how do I actually practically apply this stuff into my life? You know, yeah. I understand the spiritual philosophy and how to connect with that spirit spirituality, but now how do I actually bring it into practicality and 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 show up a better person in my business and my relationships? Uh, so yeah, I think it's learn a lot, but then apply it and, and learn learn the how, learn yeah. how to actually use that truth. So, yeah. Yeah, because it's going to show up, implementing that in your life is going to show up differently for everybody. And like you said, people could be reading different books or listening to different podcasts, but you can read all of that information or listen to all that information. But if you're not actually taking it and doing something with Mm -hmm. it, then what's the point? Correct. Exactly right. Yeah, you have to apply. You have to embody it from from, from knowledge to get to convert it into wisdom. You have to take action on it. Right. action action with knowledge turns into wisdom so learn something but then go out and use it in, in whatever way yeah well this has been such an awesome conversation and i'm so excited for people to hear it and i was curious if you had any final words or things that you wanted to share that we hadn't touched on just yet mm. well thank you yeah i really enjoy i really enjoyed this it's been a lot of fun i i feel like all, i always say in my final words is you have been given the gift of life you know your spirit has come down into this human form for a reason there's actually a gift that you are alive right now mm-hmm. and you get to choose how you want to, what you want to do with that gift and i truly believe our souls came down here to, to learn lessons right and, and to learn those lessons we have to experience pain pain is a necessary part about being a human right and you get to decide what meaning you want to place around that pain so if you go, okay, cool, something really painful is happening to me right now. This is a part of my growth. This is for me so that I can evolve and not, not turn into the victim. So choose to, allow, choose to approach the pain in your life as 
the greatest gift that you've been given to evolve spiritually. And then once you've received the gift, just have fucking fun. Just enjoy this life. Like play, dance, fucking celebrate. We don't do enough of that shit. Everyone takes life too seriously. And I've been a victim of that for too long as well. I know. Just fucking live. (laughs) Spend your money. Just live. (laughs) What are you saving for? I know. And it's so funny to see too because like you said, I think as adults we – we feel like we have to be serious all the time and we can't just like let loose. But then you see the the smallest things that kids do and like how excited they are about things. And I'm like, that is what we should all be doing because everybody oh, yeah. would be on a completely different level of happiness. Yes. Yes. I would say dance more. <laughs> dance more. Have more dance Every parties. Day, dance. Yeah, just dance. Yeah. It's the best way to just like express yourself and have fun and be free. Yeah. You, you never feel, you feel amazing after dancing. <laughs> oh, every time. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because I literally was like having a dance party by myself the other night and I felt so awesome afterwards. Like I just cleaned mm-hmm. the house and then I was in a great mood and then I was ready for bed. But that's it. <laughs> it's it's the little things. It's the little things that we yeah. forget about as adults. Yeah. Yeah. So. Agreed. Yeah. Well, this has been so awesome and I'm so thankful for this conversation and all the work that you're doing. Um, I will share links in the show notes to your Instagram account and um, all of your reels. They're so awesome. If you guys have not checked out Jordan, he's jordancandlish01 on Instagram and he has so many tangible things to take away. So, and if you're looking for a coach, let him know. Thanks, Olivia. Appreciate you having me on and yeah, really enjoyed this conversation and I know the right people will, will, will receive it. I agree. All right, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week. Bye. so much for joining us this week listeners i really hope you love this episode as much as i did if you enjoyed it learned something new or know someone you feel may benefit from it please share it with them whether you're posting it on social media sending it in a text or an email my goal is to open up these types of conversations within our society within our families within our friend groups as always if you have any feedback questions or know someone you think may be a great guest for the podcast, please connect us on Instagram at the Be Loud About What Matters podcast or send an email to be loud about what matters at gmail.com. And if I haven't said it already, if you could please subscribe to the podcast, I would so appreciate it. And also leave a review if it's something that aligns with you and you feel like you want to learn more and you want to keep listening help us reach more people. I appreciate you all so much and can't wait to chat with you again next week. Bye-bye.